You're listening to The Happiness Hub, part of the Redshift Community Podcast Network with me, Liz Parkin. And me, Kedron Elliott. Every episode, we'll share top tips on how to get happy and stay happy. So listen in, get involved and be happy. Hello, you're listening to The Happiness Hub with me, Kedron Elliott, my co-host. It's me, Liz Parkin. How are you doing, Kedron? I'm all right this week. Been a bit of a funny week, actually. Why is that? Funny haha, funny strange. No, just with with diagnosis. This this week I definitely got my proper diagnosis of MS, so I'm gonna have to do a little bit of research and started my treatments. And then um oh. one of my friends has been a bit poorly this week, so I've just been taking care of them as well. So yeah, funny peculiar. No, your your diagnosis has taken a long time. It's been a long time coming. How do you feel now that it's official? Um, I've been ignoring it for quite some time because until I got a proper diagnosis, pretending that it didn't happen, it seems sort of real this last couple of weeks. I'm just still kind of getting used to it. Mm. So, yeah, not sure at the moment. Well, you're getting you're doing a lot to look after yourself, aren't you? So let's hope it's being caught early enough for it to not manifest into anything really kind of, you know, detrimental to your lifestyle. So keep doing what you're doing we've been out for a run this week no i'm going out for a run in half an hour my nephew oh, yeah. my couch to 5k i'm on week five. Ooh, are you going out with nephew your nephew yeah and he said to me it was so sweet the other day he said auntie as soon as i saw him we, we were on they were on week four so we ran for eight minutes we walked for three we ran for eight minutes and and he opened the door to me and he went next week we've got to run for 20 minutes it's going to go from eight minutes up to 20 minutes i went what it can't go from eight minutes up to 20 minutes when it does it does I've been looking at it and he's like gone through and checked like the whole kind of the, um, the flow of what we're going to have to do on this uh, on this um, couch to 5k so yeah in in an hour's time I'm going to be um dragging myself around Nantwich Lake <laughs> uh, with a with an 11 year old <laughs> I was gonna say in tow but he's always ahead of me <laughs> Oh, well, I admire you. I will go out for a walk or something and maybe do a run tomorrow because I've had I've been up and had a shower and put a bit of makeup on, so I can't be bothered to doing that all over again. Where are you just, going then? No, nowhere. Just to the shops. I've got to do my weekly shop later. <laughs> oh, dear. I haven't put any makeup on for a few days, a few weeks, rather. Um, yeah, get you're good at running, though, because you do, you do like 10Ks, don't you? You do big runs. Yeah, I usually do that, go out and do about five or six miles when I go out for a, a run for about an hour. Yeah. How's your diet going? Uh, food-wise, I've been all right. The The wine's creeping back in again. <gasps> Is it? Yeah. Oh, well, let me be holier than now and tell you I know, I'm yeah. <laughs> and in fact, Steph brought me round a bottle of Prosecco. You know that what, that one I like, what's it called? Frexinet or whatever it's yeah, called. yeah, yeah. They do a non-alcoholic one. So she bought me that round as a celebration for my new oh. job. So I was uh, going to have it last night, but I didn't feel very well. So tonight I'm going to have a bottle of non-alcoholic Prosecco because apparently it tastes really, really good. So, um, yeah, and I'm pleased. But this is probably because I felt a bit poorly yesterday and didn't eat anything, but I've lost another two pounds. So I've now lost a total of 15 pounds since uh, yeah. January. That's really, really good. And actually since this time last year, when I did that, boot camp I reminded myself I've lost nearly two stone so that kind of boosted me when I realized that this morning because I was beginning to think my weight loss was getting a bit slow and retarded and I was getting annoyed with it mm. but um yeah that's cool 
That's very good. So what are we talking about today? Today is... International Happiness Day today. Yes, well, say it with a smile on your face. (laughs) (laughs) And why do we celebrate International Happiness Day, Kedrin? Because we want everybody to be happy. Yeah, (laughs) I've done a bit of a Googling and it was uh, the General Assembly of the United Nations in July 2012 proclaimed that March the 20th would be the International Day of Happiness. And basically their aim is to recognise the relevance of happiness and well-being as a universal goal and aspirations in the lives of everybody around the world. Mm. So not a little remit there, but quite a big one. So uh, yeah, everybody, today, March 20th is International Day of Happiness. So So what are you going to do today to bring a bit of happiness into your life? Ah, well, Kedrin, you'll like this answer. (laughs) I'm getting my two kittens. (laughs) Yeah, it's cute and furry and also very happy. I wish I I could come over and see I know, I know. You're going to miss out there. You'll have to come over soon. Well, it's 29th of March you'll be allowed around, isn't it? So that's not far away. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they're called, this is going to be the challenge for everybody. They're called Moo and Simon at the moment. Moo is a girl and she's black and white. They call her Moo because she looks like a cow. She has got a black heart on her back, though, which I think I've been trying to think of something relevant to Valentine or hearty love related that possibly could be a name for her. Mm. And Simon, which is just the most ridiculous name for a cat. (laughs) There's a kid's character called Simon um, is black with little white feet and a bit of white on him in various parts. So they're brother and sister. Can we get some photos of them so we could share yeah. the happiness hub and then we I'll, can, yeah, I'll put some up and then we'll have a we'll have a little vote on on various names for them. Oh, so yeah, that would definitely make me happy. I mean, I'd love to get more cats, but we've had pedals for quite some time now. She's knocking on; she's about twelve or thirteen, and I don't think she'd like it if we got more cats because she's very much. Yeah. Like- well, I felt like about a dog. I mean, MJ was like, "Well, we'll just get another dog." I'm like, "Oh." At the moment, Jasper's really portable and really easy, and I can pass him over to people to look after. And um, we can take him on holiday with us and he can stay in our hotel room and all these things that make having one dog so easy. Um, and also, I don't think Jasper would appreciate having another dog in the house, really. But he's all right with cats. He's all right with my mum's cat and friend's cat. So I think he will just kind of watch these cats nut about and quite enjoy just observing them. He says. <laughs> so, yeah. they'll be best of buddies you, you just never know until you get them all together do you yeah well i've been reading up on it i'm going to put the two kittens into the big dog crate um that we haven't used for a while but put that into the dining room leave them in there for a few hours just to chill out and sort of smell where they are um they've got a cat tree i've built a cat tree which is 145 centimeters high mj nodded off on the sofa last night by the time he woke up there was a cat tree there and he was like what the fuck is that <laughs> did i not tell you i was getting it he's like that's not staying in the lounge i'm like um well when 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 we want them to play in the lounge while we're watching telly and he was like oh he's <laughs> not interested in this latest purchase whatsoever hey, they won't use a cat tree they'll be climbing all over him <laughs> yeah, I know. that's what i said you don't want them climbing over you then i'll have to get a cat tree so the cat tree will be in the dining room eventually. And um, and then we had a joiner here yesterday finishing off some skirting board for me. And before he left, I said, oh, you couldn't just knock me up a sort of big wooden box to go over my cat litter tray, could you? Um, so he's like, uh, what do you mean exactly? Anyway, he's built me this lovely little wooden box so that it can hide the cat litter tray in our downstairs toilet. 
so MJ doesn't complain. And um, and the cats can jump on it, and then they can jump up on top of our cupboard where the boiler is, which is where I'm going to put their bed because that'd be nice and warm and snuggly Ooh. for them. Actually, I was in Aldi yesterday, and they've got quite a lot of cat and dog stuff at the moment. Ooh, so it might be worth there just to see. Oh, I might nip over to Whitchurch yeah. then and have a little look. So, what yeah. makes you happy? Well, my cat. What does. is making you happy on International Happiness Day? <laughs> well, my cat does. I mean, she's been meowing while we're recording our podcast, but she always comes and sits in the spare room with me while I'm working. Normally, because it's warm, because I've got the radiator on there. Um, I'm going to be making homemade pizzas tonight, so Ooh, that nice. is going to be uh, um, make me happy. I do like to cook, and I'm doing our the cauliflower base one that you came up with. Oh, right. And Hazel wants to try that tonight as well. You, you're going to use cauliflower, yeah. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I'll do a normal base for David. Yeah, yeah, I really like it, and he's usually quite keen to make it. Um, I need to do my weekly shop, which doesn't really make me too happy, but um, it needs to be done. And then um, I'm going back to my uh, cross stitch that I'm doing for myself. So recently taken up a craft cross stitch. I've done three cross cross kick on it crotch stitch. It's not not the kind of craft you want to be taking up, but I've done I've done three projects already, but they've all been pre prezies for somebody. Uh -huh. So you'll be having one coming. Your Excellent. Way. Your Excellent. I've, got a, I've got a great one for you. <laughs> I've got uh, going back to the original one that I started for myself, which was a present from David uh, for doing completing the counselling course, which is of a cat, actually, funnily enough. So yeah. I just thought the one you could do with me, uh, the picture of our Happiness Hub logo, look behind us, is the uh, is two eyes and a mouth. That's a nice easy one. You'll get that done in time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got something that's a little bit more um, elaborate to do. Uh, excellent, excellent. Right then, well, I think we want to hear from people uh, what they've done yesterday, because you're going to be hearing this on Sunday, the 21st of March. What did you do that made you happy on International Happiness Day? Mm -hmm. And we also want to hear from you if you've got any bright ideas about what to rename my kittens, who are currently called Simon and Moo. Drop them <laughs> on the Happiness Hub uh, Facebook page and uh, let us know. Um, it's time to introduce our guest. Okay, so time to introduce our guests now, and we have the lovely Emily Gearing from the Rest Easy Method here today. Emily has been a podcaster and presenter with Redshift now for, let me think, probably cutting on for three years, maybe two years. Excellent. So uh, we're going to find out all about what Emily's been up to throughout lockdown, supporting all sorts of different people, but also all the different um, ways in which Emily and her organisation can support the mental health and wellbeing, particularly of, of young people through schools, the schools network. So Emily, hello and welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. It's so nice to be here and see you virtually. Oh, it's really nice to see you. And it's lovely to see the backdrop of your lovely house because I love all your pictures on Instagram. Of your <laughs> very calming environment that you live in. It looks lovely. Oh, I had, yeah. had a bit of Instagram envy uh, seeing some of the lovely posts that you've been putting up. <laughs> I just love interiors and I love Hygge. So Hygge sort of really got me through a difficult time. And um, yeah, I just love making cosy spaces and I love the countryside. And yeah, it's really part of sort of who I am. So I like to be able to express that on Instagram. <laughs> what's what's Hygge? I've not heard of that. It's the Danish art of happiness. So it's oh. about creating like cosy spaces, happy times with your family um just sort of really being in the moment as well it's quite mindful 
Um, so it was a bit of a, a big thing about 2017. I think there was um, the little book of Huga. And uh, yeah, since then, there's been loads of spin-offs of it from different countries. But um, yeah, it's just about making cozy moments, really. So I, I, love, I love I love the idea of that. I've never yeah. heard of that, have you, Liz? I was going to say, no, I haven't. I was just about to say, yeah, Kedrin's on a n- no buying any more books this year. Um, um, so I'll buy it for you, Kedrin, and we'll have a read. Because it's... <laughs> I've not been successful with that. <laughs> I've bought, I think I've bought, I, am I not surprised? I've bought three books since the new, the new year, but two of them were uh, Kindle versions. So the good thing about that is there's no evidence and my other half's not going to go, is that another blooming book that you bought? <laughs> so no, no. Do you get time to read them though? Because that's the thing, I buy these books and I never read them. But... Oh, no, oh yeah, this year I've given myself a target of reading Thirty books during the year because I saw somebody else do it on Goodreads. So I've read three books so far this year. I'm I'm started my fourth. So yes, I'm ma- I'm making time to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I've I've converted to um audio books. Mm. I say converted. I haven't read a book for years because I just haven't made the time. But um, I'm finding audio books are, are, are great to walk around the house and yeah, take the dog for a walk with the audio book and what have you. So yeah, I love an audio book in the car as well. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Or, or podcasts. I know. Yeah, exactly. and podcasts, definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I like just, to work in silence. I think, do you sometimes have the radio on, kids, when you work? Yeah, I sometimes have music on or, um, yeah, have a podcast on if it's not too distracting. Yeah, see, I can't, I need silence around mm. me when I'm working. So that's probably why I've been enjoying working from home so much because it's, is just me and the dog at home and um being able to concentrate and focus um and i've had i this is this is that shows how old and boring i am i had the arches on the other day oh. and i thought oh well i'll just listen to the arches and then i had to turn it off i was like oh i'll catch up on sunday because it was too distracting for me <laughs> <laughs> oh my mum used to love the arches it would always be on when she's cooking and I know, it's terrible into it I'm like oh I've turned into my parents all of a sudden so <laughs> anyway enough about me and my crazy uh a radio obsessions. Emily, tell us about um, what Rest Easy does. Okay. Your journey to being here. So it all started in 2016. I trained to be a life coach and a mindfulness practitioner. And that's because I'd been on like a personal journey with mental health myself. So from the age of 10, I had social anxiety. And then in my teens, I had body dysmorphic disorder. And it really stemmed from um, changing schools. I went to five different schools from the age of four to 11. So I think by the time I got to high school, I was just so shy and quietly spoken. Um, I sort of found it hard to sort of fit in a bit. Um, wasn't very confident. And then obviously in my teens, my kind of body issues came in as well. And um, I just I just really kind of didn't have much confidence and was quite... Um, low self-esteem, things like that. So then when I got married at 25, I was really dreading being centre of attention at the wedding and everything. And I thought, if I can get through my wedding day, I'll be cured. It'll be brill. And went on honeymoon and literally had a bit of a mental health crisis on honeymoon. I just had a bit of a breakdown in a really posh restaurant. I was like, oh my gosh, I just, I don't feel any different. You know, I'm never going to be cured, all this. So came back and uh, went to the doctors and got diagnosed with social anxiety and then referred for counselling and on antidepressants. And I was only on antidepressants for about six months, but they really didn't work for me. I felt really, really ill on them. So I then 
just was on a mission to try and find some self-help. So I just did loads of reading around the subject. Um, just really started out on this self-development journey. But I mean, it was a long time ago and there really wasn't that much out there at the time. So it was a real, real struggle. And then I had my children and I just found I was able to be much more mindful, which, you know, again, mindfulness wasn't really talked about then, but I was able to be more present in the moment a bit with them. And um, I think I just had obviously other things going on. And, and then, yeah, kind of after my son was born, I started um, looking into hypnotherapy, went to some hypnotherapy uh, sessions, and then mindfulness started to come in. So um, I absolutely love mindfulness, really, really um, rate it personally. I love teaching it. I used to run private um, workshops for groups of children. And also I had um, a holiday club for kids called Happy Kids, which was great. And as part of my training, I had to do some case studies. So we did that there and it was, oh, it was brilliant, loved it. Um, and then, yeah, in 2017, I was asked to go into school to run some workshops. And um, I found that as much as I absolutely love mindfulness, it's quite hard to apply it in a practical way on a daily basis for young children anyway. So then I bought in some life coaching um, stuff and I found the kids really, really appreciated that. And then in 2018, I went to the mental health debate at the House of Commons and they were asking for smart, um, innovative ideas for schools. So whole school approaches to wellbeing. And that's when I'd sort of, I'd been teaching the workshops over eight sessions. So they worked out quite well um, over the eight sort of weeks it would be. <clears throat> and I'd got the rest part in my head. So it's recognize emotions, stop, think. So we were going through that process and I was like, oh, I just need to make this easy. It just needs to be really easy. I was like, rest easy. <laughs> um, and then I looked at what rest easy actually means. And it's, um, that there's nothing to worry about as everything's taken care of. So they say it in America quite a lot. And I thought, oh my gosh, that really makes sense. You know, it's just like something we can say, well, let's just rest easy. You know, this, everything's gonna be all right. So the easy part stands for engage awareness and support yourself. So it's a really big self-help strategy. It's very practical, it's quite fun. Um, it helps children to understand themselves and to really know that they can manage their emotions. Um, we do it as a whole school approach. We do parent workshops, we do one-to-ones. We've done it in businesses as well. So um, yeah, it's really fun. I love delivering it and it's very, very practical. I know my experience of Rest Easy was when you did some work with us, well, over a year ago now, wasn't it? We worked with one of our schools um, with my day job uh, and we did a, um, a work experience week which was focused on digital and we took 13 students from a high schooling crew to meet lots of different businesses and they had a digital project and I asked you to come and help me deliver the it was the Wix training session wasn't it that we were doing but also bolted onto that um, to do a bit of a mindfulness session with you and what struck me that was on the penultimate day of the, the week and they were presenting the following day 
and they'd had a brilliant week. We'd covered loads and loads of stuff. They learned how to use various packages. They'd met loads of businesses. But so many of those students cited your session as being the most valuable to them and the most beneficial. And that was just, you know, we, we, I said, yeah, come on, let's, let's put it in. And, and, and because I think it'll be nice to give them a little bit of a um, confidence boost ready for the presentation. But I have to say, I didn't realise at the time that it would, would have such a profound effect on so many of those, those, what were they, 50, 14 and 15 year olds. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, gosh, I felt so humbled by them then doing that presentation. And especially one of the girls, I thought she really reminded me of me. She was very shy, very introverted. And she said, you know, just sort of understanding herself and knowing. I think, you know, I told my story and I was like, you know, I've overcome social anxiety. I'm stood here presenting to you guys. You know, Mm. in the past, I would have absolutely run away from this situation. And I just remember looking in her eyes when she was presenting and thinking, oh my gosh, this is such a rewarding job, you know, just make that difference in someone's life. So, yeah. And I think um, that's the thing about the support yourself strategy. So it's knowing yourself as an individual and then knowing what's going to help you, because obviously everyone's different. And we talk about um, personality types. So whether you're introverted or extroverted and whether you're a planner or a go with the flow, And, um, you know, if I'd have known I was an introvert as a child, then I think that could have alleviated my social anxiety because, you know, it's back in the day when you're really encouraged to speak up in class and go to kids parties and have kids parties and all these things. And, um, you know, I just felt a lot of pressure that I couldn't be myself. And all I wanted to do was just have a bit of time to myself to be quiet and just think. And this is why in schools, we're kind of really trying to encourage the teachers to notice the children that are a bit more introverted and not kind of be too hard on them. There's something called The Quiet Revolution in America, and it's a book by Susan Cain, because you could read that one. Um, (laughs) And she's saying about... um, basically that children are really encouraged to speak up in class and put their hands up and it's a very extroverted society you know you sat around in groups on tables and you have to deliver assemblies and all this um whereas for the introverted children that could cause a lot of anxiety um and and in adults as well I would say as well yeah exactly and um so just having that awareness of if you're an introvert it's okay if you want time alone it's okay if you want to just sit and think and and we have rest easy zones in schools where the children can just go at lunch or break and they can literally just go and think if they want or they can go and do some mindful coloring or use some of the resources because again I think you know the playground can be really overwhelming can't it if if you're more shy or more quiet and I was speaking to our friend Caroline the other day, Liz, and she was saying about her kids all going back to school. And she said, I think it was Isla who said about going back to school, she said, the noise is intolerable. (laughs) 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 And and, um, uh, Caroline was saying, what do you mean? She goes, just a noise in the the playground and all the kids. And Caroline was like, yeah, I can completely understand that. And, and that's coming from a very busy noisy household as well really with three kids running around gosh yeah yeah well, I like what you said about um you know being introvert and extrovert because um I've always thought of myself as being a bit of an introvert and and Liz being a bit of an extrovert because she's always busy out socializing and stuff but during lockdown we've had some conversations about that haven't we Liz and yes that's that's not quite the case 
No, I've suddenly become a, a lockdown introvert and I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And I think it's just having that awareness as if we come out of lockdown, especially for more introverted people, not to like overcommit to social things. Mm. I think you could end up with a bit of overwhelm. And, you know, obviously having had social anxiety, I've been a bit concerned about myself, like going back out into crowded situations. But so far, it's absolutely fine. And I always just rest easy and it's it's good. Yeah, I think I've been looking at myself wondering what it is. And, and well, again, we've spoken about these kids and I've been following this anti-inflammatory diet since January, which I've been really enjoying. But it's it's quite strict. You know, it's no sugar, no gluten, no dairy, no alcohol. Yeah. And I'm fine with it. And 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 I'm almost like scared of going back out and being expected or asked or wanted to go out with friends and go to the pub or go out for a meal when I just don't really want to I want to carry on and be in my safe little environment keeping my diet and wearing my PE kit and just yeah and getting a lot done because I feel like I'm my a lot of what I do is is computer based and telephone based mm-hmm. um and actually I'm I'm getting quite a lot done that way so I'm sure in whatever six months time I'll be that'll be a you know distant memory but I have enjoyed that quiet that opportunity to have quiet time and not be tear arsing around everywhere what was the other sort of personality types you talked about there, Emily? You said something about go with the flow and then there was... Planners. Planners. So it's all based on the Myers-Briggs personality profile. Oh, it's yeah, something yeah, yeah. that people do in um, in the workplace quite a lot. Um, but it's just, it, what, it struck me when I trained to be a life coach, I learned about it. And I just thought, gosh, if I'd have known all this stuff growing up, it would have just helped me make much better decisions. Mm. I would have been much more protective over my um, mental health. I wouldn't have pushed myself to be in situations that I felt uncomfortable with. Um, So I'm INFP. You can go on something called truity.com, which is T-R-U-I-T-Y. And you can find out what your personality is. And then what's really interesting is you can see who you might clash with. So, you know, like we were saying about people pleasing and things like that, um, that can be because you're up against a dominant character and you feel you, you know, you can't have a say or even just in um, relationships or family dynamics, um, especially in school, that can happen with bullies and it's just that you've got a clash of personality. So you have people that are more analytical in the way they think or more intuitive and in feeling, um, more empathetic. Um, and then some people are planners or go with the flow. So I'm go with the flow. Uh, I find plans really stress me out. And I've been in situations where, um, you know, I might be working with a planner who's expecting loads and loads of things mm-hmm. by certain dates. And, and that's just overwhelming. And it's because that's that makes them happy knowing what to expect. And I prefer going with the flow. And the other thing we go with the flow is that it's um, they prefer things close to the deadline, whereas planners like it way ahead in advance. So say, for instance, if you've got a child who um, is putting off revision for an exam, that might be because they get their adrenaline rush close to the deadline. So that's when they're going to be most in the moment and most able to concentrate. But if you've got a parent who's a planner and they're like, you need to be doing this by this date, you know, you can see where there's going to be a lot of clashing there. Mm. Um, what are you kids? 
Yeah, I think you know what I am. I'm definitely, definitely go with the flow sort of person. Yeah. And it's nothing like uh, tight deadlines, yeah. get my bum in gear. But I also beat myself up about that yeah. because I'm like, why have I left this to the last minute? Why didn't I do this ages ago? Yeah. If I'd done it previously, it would have made it so much easier for me. How about you, Liz? I think I'm naturally, I'm definitely go with the flow and, and certainly lastminute.com for me. But I would say probably the last not just lockdown, but the last probably 18 months, two years, I've become a bit more of a planner and I've become a bit more, probably a bit more mindful about what I have to do and what I give myself to do. And I try and sort of plan things in a bit more, but yeah, naturally I'd say I'm a bit more of a go with the flow. And yeah. I'm, and I'm, I, I remember university just being up till five in the morning. I mean, my friend that lived with me was the Red Bull representative for Leicester. So we literally went our last <laughs> year, we lived at Red Bull and and we started work at midnight and we finished at five o'clock in the morning and we had a kit and then we had a red ball and went and handed our assignments in and <laughs> I was like that my dissertation literally the morning it had to be in I was still having it bound and everything yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah and I think that's the thing to be aware of again you know coming out of lockdown I've started to look at my diary and if I've got you know, more than two or three things in. I'm like, oh God, that's too many plans. Oh, I need a bit of break in between. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So yeah, I think definitely again, having that awareness if you go with the flow. And if you think about lockdown for go with the flow people, it's been ace, hasn't it? Because it doesn't really matter when we start coming out of it because it's like, well, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Whereas planners will have felt so anxious. They don't know what's going on. Yeah, A child that's a planner, who you know just literally and especially if they've got to go with the flow parent again who doesn't understand you know the differences Mm. that child could be feeling really really anxious you know what day do I need my PE kit what day am I doing after yeah that's true actually I think I was talking to a friend this morning about holidays and how some people book their holidays and and they're getting upset that their holiday was cancelled well you know my view is just don't book it don't book a holiday don't book an outdoor event okay I have booked an outdoor event for august 13th and it's just been cancelled but i'm not bothered about it i kind of knew in the back of my mind i'm like oh well it's paid for we'll look forward to it next year but i know the the whole holiday scenario people have got really anxious about it and and you just think well don't worry and 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 yeah but you've got to have some empathy for those that really feel desperately that they need some sunshine and they need to get away and um they need to have that in their diary because they need something to look forward to and i'm not really that sort of person i don't need to have something to look forward to as such um yeah definitely but I think just having an awareness that everyone's different and um you know seeing that there might be clashes within the family or within uh, friendship groups is just interesting because again you know often we take things so personally when things happen to us and we never actually think is this just because they think differently to me or you know we just internalize everything so much and feel potentially we're to blame and what's wrong with me and and then we can get into a bit of a victim cycle and you know it's just actually it's quite empowering knowing that people are different and as I say if you look on that website um it'll show you people that you will really get on with and also for teens it helps you to understand um what jobs you might be good at based on your personality that's good 
and that's can, something to think about yeah can you do it on other people can i can i put my husband through it and <laughs> does, does he have to do it he'll have to answer all the questions and i can just well you have to pay to actually do the quiz but what i generally do is just go on and then they'll do they do like little um summaries of each personality on video so you can kind of if you if you've got an idea of whether they're introvert extrovert planner or go with the flow then the other bit is um sensing and judging and um intuitive and more thinking so um yeah you can look at all the different things and then it will come up with this like i say i infp so it's um introverted feeling oh sorry introverted intuitive feeling perceiving so it's um yeah more introverted definitely intuitive feel things very deeply and like to go with the flow so ultimately that's why you know things used to get to me if people you know upset me about how I looked or whatever Mm. it would just I'd feel it so deeply and also when you're intuitive you can pick up on other people's energy quite easily and especially if you're an introvert and you've been around a lot of extroverted people that can be exhausting you know so I was just looking over at my folders and in one of those folders I've got my Myers-Briggs um thing Bob uh, but I did it probably probably about 12 years ago so it'd be interesting to see whether I've changed because I, I feel like part of me's changed from where I was 12 years ago but yeah it'd be interesting to see where I come out um on that because we all have those elements because those introverted and extroverts we all have a certain element you know like level don't we it marks you on on a scale like kind of in between um but also I think you know you're saying about um finding people that you would normally get on with but I think also equally if you're with somebody who's very similar it, it doesn't cause always a clash but I always thought I am um, we did something similar when I worked at Nationwide. So we did Myers-Briggs and then we did something called Insights as well, which is the colours, still very similar. And then they mapped out our whole team on a circle and pinpointed people. And there was someone that I thought I didn't really get on with or I, that, that they didn't like me, but his profile was very similar to mine. So if I was introverted and he was introverted, yeah. we just got to this point where we weren't talking to each other because we were both like, oh, I'm just happy bobbing along. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it so much. And obviously, with besties, we just do it on a very basic level. But then we bring in kind of what hobbies and interests would kind of satisfy those personality types. So extroverts might really crave like team sports or team activities, whereas introverts might prefer, you know, more introverted, uh, mindful coloring or baking or something that's, you know, you can do on your own. Um, So yeah, yeah, it's really, I think it's just so, I just wish I'd known it when I was younger. So that's my thing. I'm just on a mission just to bring this information to people so that they can have awareness and then make decisions on that basis, really. Great. So what have you got then coming up now for, and, and also actually, what have you been doing during lockdown to, to continue your business? What? Um... Yeah, so the first lockdown, um we were um, tasked by MS Bank to create some self-help strategies for their staff. So I basically took everything online and we created a membership site. So um, that was brilliant. I really enjoyed doing that. Again, it was I was up against it with the deadline. Um, but we'd got something booked in where I was going to go in and deliver to um, 
parents who were employed by them um so it was with the view of you know parents having to have time off work to support their children with mental health issues so could we give them a strategy to support their children at home so I created the membership site which is on resteasymethod.com and we created some free resources as well and also um I did a course on their uh, stress-free school mornings. So when people were starting to go back into school, um, I know a lot of people had contacted me about getting back into that routine. And even for children that have got sensory issues that have been in their pajamas all day, trying to get them back into school uniform and things like that. So that's a useful course um, that's free on the website. Um, And then this previous lockdown basically we've just been getting everything ready to go do more of like a big launch in April to go back into schools so we took our normally we're face-to-face training but we took everything online we delivered some training into schools over lockdown um, via zoom but our policies and procedures training is so much better doing it face-to-face because it's great to be in the school and what we do is we work out Um, the strategy you know that's bespoke to each school so in the schools we have rest easy zones and um, we go in and we suggest where those zones are and then who the rest easy team are going to be and um, yeah that's it's really useful to actually be in school and do that face to face so it's great we're looking forward to doing that again and then we're just employing a social media marketing company from for the next three months So we've got a few events going on that we're going to be promoting. So one of them is on the 27th of March, and that's in association with Happy Heads, who are a mental health organisation based in Croydon. And um, they use something called the Balance Ball, which was created by their co-director, Ruth, as a recovery tool. So she had a lot of mental health issues herself and she wanted to create something that was quite visual and um, as a recovery tool. So she's been delivering that for a few years. And I attended one of their events in 2019 and um, got chatting to them. And we talked about doing something in collaboration, but we couldn't really see what that would be until um, more recently, obviously with Zoom. Zoom's been amazing, hasn't it, throughout lockdown? Um, So, the, the balance ball covers nutrition, purpose and dreams, hobbies and creativity, rest and self-care, exercise, faith, community and identity, and then friends, family and time alone. So it really brings in some of the rest easy principles. So I'm delivering the purpose and dreams section and the rest and self-care section. And it's aimed at teens because we feel that teens have really struggled. I know everyone's had a difficult time, but, you know, teens are supposed to be at a time when they're more independent and they're out and they're socialising. And, you know, I think it's been really hard on them. So we've suggested it for teens and parents. So just really as a way of opening up conversation around mental health, because, you know, it's difficult to talk about, isn't it? But if we can find tools and strategies to as a parent to help our teenagers, but also as a teenagers to talk to their parents. Really, that's the aim of it. Um, so it's gonna be quite interactive. Um, and yes, yeah, some of the Happy Heads team are coming on to deliver sections of that. Uh, so you can book that through Eventbrite. It's just 12 pounds for a parent and teen. 
and it's going to be from 11 till 2 because we thought for teens to get up too early we'd yeah. you know, 11 would be all right and then we're going to have like a lunch break in between so it won't be like all you know um working on the stuff it'll be a bit of breaks in between and then we've got parent workshops so again through lockdown we've been delivering those online um so we've got them throughout april may and june um and they're 25 pounds a head and they're generally about 90 minutes but they're for any parents who are worrying about their children um generally they're sort of from age six to 11 but we've helped parents who've got you know three-year-olds and stuff um so there's me and a team of best easy coaches and we're all geographically based so we're going to be doing zooms based on those areas um but if anyone felt they wanted to come on a different one in a different area it'd be fine so yeah the first one of those is on the 7th of april um so we'll be posting stuff about that on facebook our facebook page which is the rest easy method over the coming months so yeah there's loads going on we're really ramping up going into schools um, and also we're being validated by the University of Chester now. So all the evidence we've got um, is going to them, their real world validation team. So that's really exciting. That's that, yeah. uh, that had been going on for a few, few years. We've been in talks with them. But again, because of lockdown, it all got delayed. So now we're um, up and running with that. So that's that's being funded. So that's brilliant. Great. So, uh, do you find you're working more with primary age children or secondary age yeah we've found that um secondary seems to be quite well um sort of looked after at the moment secondary age it seems there's a lot of support for 11 to 16 year olds um but we've actually been contacted by early years and we're looking at doing a pilot in a nursery um so preschool and also apprenticeships actually I've been working with PM training in Shropshire um for their apprentices so the 16 to 25 year olds so I think that's where although the the method is brilliant from 6 to 25 we feel like there's the most need with primary schools obviously going into early years and then that older age range as well Mm. so um yeah and it's really rewarding just love it in primary schools and especially they can um so we basically give them the strategy and all the resources and the tools we also offer intervention training so the teachers can do eight sessions with a group of children that need extra support um but they really make it their own so they create their rest easy zones um you know they can use the resources in all different ways so we have peer ambassadors in schools so the kids really get involved as well and we've had to modify that based on bubbles so previously it was year six would be peer ambassadors now we're having peer ambassadors in each year so that's really nice because they take a bit of ownership over delivering it and supporting each other in school and stuff so yeah it's um it's funny because last year was going to be our big launch and you know I mean we've been doing it since 2018 but we did it with one school for a year to get best practice and then slowly started to kind of you know make the geographical area a bit bigger and also in the meantime I trained up some coaches um but then obviously through lockdown it all went on hold a bit so then we put it all online but it's meant now we can cover a bigger geographical area so it has been a bonus to be honest but I'm just chomping at the bit to get going yeah I bet you are I bet you are so can you give us some some 
tips if parents are um let's say we've got an anxious child who's maybe not not liking going back into school or is nervous about the school situation what tip would you give that parent now the biggest thing is that they feel safe so rest easy is all about feeling safe in yourself in your environment um so that's why we have the rest easy zones and it's about saying to them, you are safe. So, you know, why are they anxious? Are they anxious because they think they might get COVID? Are they anxious because they think their parents might get COVID? What's been their sort of experience of COVID? Um, and then also, you know, you're safe going back outside. So, you know, you've got young children seeing people in masks, maybe their faces more covered. Mm. You know, and also um, when, you know, things outside haven't looked quite right. So you've got, um, you know, the shelves in the shops haven't been stocked or, you know, life hasn't looked normal, has it to them? So it's just saying, OK, well, this is this has been temporary. It will pass. You know, um, you are safe. So really getting down to their level, holding their hands, looking in their eyes, telling them they are safe, giving them a hug. So hugging releases oxytocin, helps you to calm all that um, nervous energy down. And then really just saying it's temporary. You know, we're not going to be stuck with this forever. It will pass. Um, and knowing if they've got emotions that, you know, everyone has emotions. It's normal to have emotions and it's just how we manage them. So we really recommend breathing techniques. So basically you're recognizing your emotions. So you're recognizing something feels a bit uncomfortable in the body and then you're going to stop. So recognize emotions, stop. And that's when we suggest doing some breathing and then think. So once you've stopped, then you can think a bit more positively. Or what I say often with the children is to look at things from an opposite point of view. So, um, well, I don't want to do this. Okay, well, what do you want to do? So if you're having a battle with a child to get them out of the house, to get them to put their shoes on, well, okay, maybe you can get in the car with your slippers on. But once you're getting out of the car, you need to put your shoes on. So I don't want to put my shoes on. Okay, well, do you want to go out in your slippers? Or I don't know, you know, this thing. Yeah, yeah. Bargaining with them a little bit, isn't it? Having a choice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So having a choice and then engage awareness is all about engaging awareness of the moment. So what you can do with children that might be feeling anxious on the way to school or um, on the way to an event or something is get them to look out the window and notice a colour. So you could just say, right, well, what can we see that's orange? Um, and then that will just hopefully distract them just to kind of bring them back into the moment and then support yourself. So support yourself is thinking about who are they as an individual? What do they like to do as a hobby? Um, and then ultimately, what support can you get? So it might not be that, you know, you can manage everything yourself. Maybe you've got to a point where you need support and who can you get that from? So um, but the absolute key is feeling safe. If you can feel safe in yourself, you're going to have that resilience to be able to bounce back. Mm. Um, and I think that is the really sad thing is that, you know, children might not feel as safe. Mm. I mean, from so many reasons as well, you know, um, I know one of our kids schools um, messaged about a thing called Amigle or something that was like a, a website that was encouraging grooming and, you know, they're being bombarded by all mm. these things and, and that's in their bedrooms at home. And, you know, even on Friday, there was something about um, a guy who was 
talking to girls inappropriately and you know I know stranger danger has been going on for years hasn't it but it's on so many different levels now isn't it absolutely and so um unobvious particularly the online grooming stuff and yeah Yeah. that that is quite harrowing I was really shocked one of the things that that did really shock me this year was a friend of mine sent me a video of her little five-year-old daughter um sitting at her desk sitting at the the mum's desk and she had um I think she had her her was it her mum's mobile phone or, or a hairbrush but she was basically recording a Boris Johnson speech so um and she 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 actually reached out her mum no that's right because her mum her mum videoed her but she was there she went into her room she's sitting in her office and she was writing this speech and she shouted out mum how do you spell pandemic what do you want to spell pandemic for so she went in to see what she was doing and she's writing this speech about um ice um be, keeping your distance um don't buy too many toilet rolls doing all this stuff this is like well this was towards the end of the first lockdown so and she's five years old and she said well we don't she doesn't sit and watch the news with us she doesn't we don't tell her what necessarily what's going on as such but she has absorbed all this stuff and then she'd say um right can we just have the slides up now please and she would be literally the press briefings she's absorbed all of this from the press briefings that have just been on throughout lockdown and she's five years old I mean fortunately you know from a very she's very balanced and she, and she just is so creative that that was her little creative outlet that she wanted to write Boris's speeches for him <laughs> oh, you never know she might be prime minister one day well, yeah. sure some people would argue that they were it by a five-year-old sometimes but yeah <laughs> but it just goes to show what you know I, I mean I haven't got children but I do sometimes sort of gently remind some friends and family members, you know, the kids pick up a lot. I know I picked up a lot for my parents, you know, when I was young. Um, and I know from my teaching days, the kids that, that, that exhibited problems within the, within the classroom, you know, realised there was stuff going on at home that they were um, unbeknown to the parents, they were picking up on and, and, and hearing about and, and internalising and, and creating their own big problems so yeah it's um you do need to be cautious around kiddies definitely yeah and I think it is you know it's really hard as a parent to say to your child everything's going to be okay Mm. and that's what I've struggled with in a way because you know sometimes there wasn't guarantees that was going to happen yeah 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 absolutely you know as a parent you just want to reassure your children so um I think yeah knowing they're safe in school you know everything's being done to keep them safe the reason people are wearing masks is to keep them safe you know washing your hands keeps you safe so just using the word safe we hardly ever say it do we we never say look you're safe it's okay I well I hated it at the beginning everyone was saying stay safe stay safe and I was like oh I don't like that (laughs) just yeah but you know be kind that's what my motto was throughout lockdown be kind and yeah Yeah. and just like the neurobiology around feeling feeling safe is really really important so you know that is fundamental really so those safe spaces um those safe conversations you know that safe nurturing is just i would say yeah the real key mm. right then keds should we ask our final question yeah so i, I didn't realize and my other half said to me this morning because we're recording this on saturday that is actually international day of happiness oh, wow. Wow. Yes. yes and um i was 
he said, you don't believe me, do you? I said, like, no, because he always thinks like days like that is a load of nonsense. And, you know, they're only created by a corporate business to uh, make money. But they are the happiness hub. So what we normally do is ask our guests um, and we'll ask you, Emily, like what kind of things make you happy? <gasps> My family. <don't... laughs> oh, no hesitation. Um, yeah. No and hesitation. then countryside, nature. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Hugo. So, yeah, those feelings of coziness and flowers Emma Bridgewater I've just got into Emma Bridgewater <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I'm a bit of a late starter for the old Emma Bridgewater thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah but oh my gosh it's a bit of a I mean people call it a hobby don't they rather than an obsession but I can see yeah. <laughs> and then it's really interesting because I know social media gets a really bad rap but I actually really find Instagram really a nice space to be in and I quite enjoy creating my posts and I look forward to you know what am I going to post about today I find it quite mindful um so I do yeah I really like Instagram <laughs> and Pinterest to be honest I love Pinterest oh, I'm obsessed with Pinterest I've just that's probably the one I'm most obsessed with actually out of all the social medias and platforms that you can use I just oof, love it I just, got back, I just got back into that but I think you're right Instagram it, it's one of the nicest social media platforms everybody seems to be a bit kinder on there and it's visual as well so I you know I love searching for pictures of food interior design that kind of stuff pictures of cats <laughs> makes me smile yeah that's the thing and it's just remembering those simple pleasures isn't it and it just for me it just helps me come into the moment and just be mindful and be grateful um and yeah just kind of really appreciate where we are and definitely just having attitude of gratitude has really changed my mindset and um yeah just really makes me happy so yeah do you know I've just looked while you were talking I looked at Huga and I didn't know how to spell it so I typed in H-U-G-A and it's come up with um a website called hug at home which I don't think is what you're talking about is it however I'm just going to give a little plug for this website because it looks amazing apart from the fact they've got a whole page called the lady behind hugs is called busy lizzie so that's the same <laughs> nickname as me. but it's it's um natural and sustainable homeware and there's Ooh. loads of stuff on there so whilst you're looking for hugo which is spelt how it's h-y-double-g-e right it's not h-u-g um, but if you do want to go to Hug at Home, it looks like a really great website. <laughs> oh, maybe we could get them to sponsor us. We could get some yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from one busy Lizzie to another busy Lizzie. Yeah, exactly. So, Emily, we've come to the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been really lovely to yeah. talk to you. And uh, it's been a while since we had a, an opportunity to interview you. I think um, when you first came on Redshift or on Scarlet Ladies, we had a, a chat then. So it's great to see how the business is, is going and thriving and, and, you know, how you've managed with lockdown. Tell us, just give us a quick recap on the events that are coming up and how people can get in touch with you and book onto those events. Okay, yeah, thank you. <clears throat> Thanks so much for having me. I've absolutely loved it. I always love our chats and it's so good to really meet Kedrin as well. So yeah, um, it's the 27th of March. So that's the um, Happy Heads and Rest Easy event. And it's for parents and teens. And you can book that on Eventbrite. It'll be on our Facebook page, which is the Rest Easy Method. And also it's on Instagram, which is Rest Easy Training, at Rest Easy Training. So um, that's £12. 
and it's from 11 till 2. Then we've got parent workshops coming up, One, the first one on the 7th of April, and that'll be with Lisa. So she's generally based in Shropshire. Um, and then the next one will be the 22nd of April, which is with Claire. She's more Wirral based. And 27th of April with me, which is uh, Macclesfield. But as I say, you know, if you were in a different location, you wanted to hop on, that's absolutely fine. And then we've got ones coming up through May and June. Um, and then, yeah, if anyone wanted any of the free resources, <clears throat> if you go on the website, it's besteasymethod.com. And there's uh, the stress-free school mornings um, course on there. And then there's also free resources for younger children. And then there's a youth uh, mental health section. So there's loads of stuff you can download on there. And then we've got our Redshift um podcast as well your well-being in mind so that's we've been talking about the mindful principles with one of uh, my coaches and Angela Richardson so if anyone just wanted a bit of a top up of sort of mindful moments that's that's on there and then also I have a Huga for mental health um group Facebook group so that's for anyone who just likes a bit of interiors a bit of Huga a bit of chat mm. about mental health um, I just want to create like these safe spaces virtually and physically so that's really what that's got in mind just creating a nice vibe and a nice space to be. What's your Facebook page because I think I want to join that. That's Huga for Mental Health so it's H-Y-G-G-E mm-hmm. for Mental Health and that's a group yeah um, and then the Facebook page is the Rest Easy Method. But I also have Purposeful Moments, which is my life coaching stuff. So I am still doing life coaching, although that went on hold for a bit while we were doing Rest Easy. But with that, I specialize in purpose. So finding your life purpose. And really that's been the biggest thing for me is that I know now I'm living life on purpose and it is so fulfilling. And But I also know what it's like if you don't know what direction to go in and don't know what you want out of life and don't feel you're giving back so um yeah I run a six-week life purpose course as well I think I might need to sign up for that as well oh, <laughs> I feel I feel very much in limbo in fact one of my favorite podcasts to listen to and I was listening to yesterday and I was working was uh, one from a guy called Adam Buxton I don't know if you've heard of him Emily he's, he's a comedian from the 90s he used to do something called the Adam and Joe show but he was actually doing a um, interview with Robbie Williams which is quite unusual because he usually uh, interviews other comedians and and all sorts but Robbie Williams was a bit of a strange one and Robbie was talking about but he was saying when he went through that phase where he kind of he said he retired in something like 2006 and said that he just spent quite a lot of time eating donuts and drinking like flavored coffees or something like that but he said that he said, I didn't have a purpose. I'd retired and I didn't have a purpose. And he says, I I needed to do something. And so that's why he got back into, you know, doing what he does best, I suppose. And it just really just struck with me because I was like, I'm at this crossroads at the moment. And I've been in it quite a few times with Liz where I've left some certain jobs and I'm about to start my career as a counsellor, but it's knowing which direction is to go really. And if if that's what I really wanted to do, because as I'm a, 
what do, what did you call it a go with the flow sort of person I've never really had that drive and that motivation or that like knowing yeah so I, might, I might need to sign up for that Emily oh, yeah no I'd love to work with you on it because my purpose is to fulfill my potential and help others to fulfill theirs mm. and the reason for that is because my mental health really held me back from fulfilling my potential I didn't put myself out there well yeah definitely yeah and then, um, so that is my sentence. And each day I'll make decisions based on that. Is this fulfilling my potential or is it helping others to fulfill theirs? And if it isn't, I won't do it. And that I think really helps because you then don't go in the wrong direction or you don't feel overwhelmed. So, you know, Liz, I'm sure yours is about helping others and communication's a really big thing for you, isn't it? So, you know, I think if you actually define what your purpose is in like a sentence, and then make decisions based on that it's just so much easier to navigate life in that way but also um to have good boundaries and I think sometimes you know if you're in a caring industry you can end up being overwhelmed mm. and um you know is this in line with what I want to to do and obviously you know if we're caring people we want to help everyone don't we but it's not always possible and you can reach that point of burnout. So specifically, what do you want to help people with? And um, yeah, for me, it's about helping people to feel safe. That's that's it. In that caring industry, sometimes you can forget about yourself too, can't you? Totally, yeah, yeah. But no, I'd love to have a chat after if you fancy finding your purpose. That I mean, <laughs> that's how it all started for me, doing that. And I still do love it, I really do. And again I've been I've had a client throughout both lockdowns on zoom and it's just been amazing to see how she's flourished and um so yeah it's really it helps you just get really laser focused on what you want to do and why you want to do it brilliant well what we'll do um Emily I know you sent me some information about the the rest easy method and training but we'll put all these links and everything in our show notes it's going to be quite a large show notes because I'll include <laughs> the Huga stuff and I'll include that Hugger home was it Liz We'll yeah, hug a home, give them a mention. I'm liking the, the uh, Hugo website, though. There's lots of nice things there. Mm. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's a nice, nice site. Good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you ever so much, Emily. Yes, it's been lovely. You. Yeah, no, it's been brilliant. Fab chatting as always. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing you soon, but we won't, we won't drag you out too quickly. We'll ease you <laughs> back out into the community. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take care, lovey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Happiness Hub, part of the Redshift Community Podcast Network with me, Liz Parkin. And me, Kedron Elliott. Every episode, we'll share top tips on how to get happy and stay happy. So listen in, get involved and be happy.